and welcome to Panorama. I am your only host on today's show. Um, my name is Dan Torres. I am really excited about all of the guests I have on today's show. They are the at-large candidates for Amherst. They're all on this show together. So thank you all for coming on. Jamie Daniels, Matt Holloway, Mandy Johanneke, Andy Steinberg, and Alicia Walker. Thank you all for coming on. Thank you. Thank you. So let's, let me ask the first question right here to Jamie Daniels. I want to know, what do you think the most important issue is in Amherst? Thank you, Dan. That's a great question. I mean, I'm committed to addressing many important issues within our community, and there are many and often competing. I think this is a town of mostly progressives with left-leaning democratic values, but we're a municipality, and like most municipalities, our budget is stretched, Sorry, and we can't do everything. Um, so there's often differences in opinion about what our priorities are. My priority will be to increase revenue. I think it's essential that we look to increase revenue if we're to deal with um, our affordable housing crisis, our infrastructure challenges, our DPW building, our fire stations, roads and sidewalks. Uh, the need for a new youth and senior center, and all the other important initiatives. Thank you for that. Yeah, and I want to touch on some some of the revenue issues, I think, because that, you know, without that, it's really hard to implement any of the ideas that people will be discussing. So, uh, Absolutely. So, Matt Holloway, uh, tell me, what is the most important issue to you if you so get elected? Hey, Dan, thanks so much for having us on here. This is really wonderful to be on, uh, gathered together with you. For me, I think that we need to make sure that we have the residents' voice as a part of our our economic future in this town. I think that development in this town is something that is going to happen inevitably, um, you know, no matter what. And and there's something that that I've been talking about a lot on this campaign trail, and it's that the town had an economic development director uh, position for for many years. And when that when that individual left the left town, the the budget slot that was held open for it and eventually got absorbed into a different department. And, and that was, of course, a, an intentional decision, but it wasn't a big public dialogue. And I would like to restore that, that public dialogue around the economic development director position in particular, whether it's somebody who actually works uh, in town hall on day one or perhaps somebody that we contract in. I want to make sure that we have the, the hand of the citizens and the voice of the citizens in the decisions we're making about where um, economic development goes. And, you know, as, as Jamie said, I mean, there's a lot of different opinions about development in this town. And I don't think it's helpful to call people NIMBYs. I don't think it's helpful to point fingers or assign blame. I think what we have to do is have a, a conversation and make sure that we have somebody sort of working from town hall, working on, on behalf of the residents. So okay. I think that's my, my biggest area of, of concern is, is making sure that Got we it. have sort of some guidance there. Got it. Appreciate that answer. Thank you. Mandy Johanneke, same question for you. What would you, you know, what do you think are the most important issues facing Amherst if you so get elected? Yeah. So the one I've been talking about on the campaign trail and that I've been working on the last term that, you know, I've been a counselor has been housing. And with housing, that comes with a lot of different issues, right? If our housing is too expensive to rent or to buy, we have problems attracting employees. We have problems attracting families. It, it, our schools suffer. Our, our economic, as Matt said, the economic outcomes potentially suffer. And so that's one area I've been working on finding different solutions for and would like to continue focusing on. That is a big issue. I mean, uh, you know, the, the population demographics have changed in Amherst quite a bit. And I think a part of that, a huge part of that is affordability and it affects yeah. schools and affects so much of economic development. 
development. Ask the same question here to Andy Steinberg. Andy, what is the most crucial issue facing Amherst? Well, I'm going back to uh, the first two of uh, my fellow candidates, which is getting back to the budget, which is a subject that I've been working on in one way or another for 27 years, have a lot of experience in working on budgets. And I think we need to recognize that the demands are both for the capital taking care of the building projects that we need to complete and to begin. We need to complete the schools and the library and we need to begin work as quickly as we can on the fire station, which is uh, in sore need of replacement as is the Department of Public uh, Works building. We have huge demands for all of our operating budgets. And in order to do that, as has been indicated by others, new revenue is essential. And it sounds like we're going to have an opportunity to talk about that a little more. Absolutely. We will talk about that. Alicia Walker, same question for you. What do you find to be the most pressing and crucial issue that facing Amherst today? Yeah, thank you. Um, I'm going to have to agree with Mandy Joe and say that housing and affordability in Amherst are central concerns and they demand urgent attention. We find ourselves in a housing crisis with issues ranging from insufficient housing availability for UMass and other college students to skyrocketing rents that center predominantly to the student population. I'm 30 years old and I've lived in Amherst for my entire life and I have seen so many people have to leave town. And so the retention of families and increasing their access to mobility in terms of housing. So not just rental affordability, but also opportunities for home ownership. That's great. And so I actually want to ask you a follow up here um, in this first segment. There's been discussion about increasing the density of housing in Amherst, right? To allow for greater density, more housing units to be developed, especially in downtown. And what I'm reading is the tension is as there's more development for density, greater homes, and larger number of homes in downtown. What's happening is they are first built and rented out to students. They're not affordable given where wages are in this area in Western Massachusetts. So can you can you try to disentangle that? Tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah, I think we have a complex demographic in the town because we have so many colleges and universities there. And so I think a big chunk of dealing with our housing crisis is going to be collaboration with the universities. It's really going to be looking at UMass to provide more housing for their students on campus. And I think, again, looking at our development and our zoning bylaws to figure out how we can create more housing and how that housing can be sort of geared towards families. But it can't be at the expense of students completely because we will still have students who live off campus and they will still need housing. I know that last year there was a huge uh, demonstration on campus of students sleeping outside because they could not find housing. Um, And so I think this, again, needs to be a really collaborative issue that we address with the universities. That's, that's great. And so if we're talking about increasing housing, I want to go back to Jamie Daniels. Jamie, tell me just what can we do to, to retain more of the college students if they're living here, you know, for for three or four years and then they end to end up leaving? What do you think we can do to guess kind of grow the stock of housing and um, and maybe retain students? I mean, I think the town should really prioritize comprehensive you know, policies that encompass a wide range of initiatives. We have a limited inventory of um, easily buildable land because we do a fantastic job of putting land aside for open spaces and recreation and agriculture. Um, And so we um, need, 
I think that we need to, and so to your question about density, we have to build where we can. I'm not opposed to density um, downtown and in our village centers, but we have to, you know, build a range of housing options um, for a range of consumers. And I think that right now we have an affordable housing crisis in Amherst. And so I can't imagine that any student sort of entering into the job market fresh out of an undergraduate career could live and stay in Amherst. I mean, part of why I entered into this race is because I've lived in Amherst my entire life and I myself have been shut out of the housing market Mm. and likely you know, and I'm paying a really high rent that is the rental market has been really driven by the focus on building high end, expensive, exclusionary housing for undergraduates. And so, you know, in order for even me to stay, we need to create a range of housing opportunities and think more inclusively about housing. Housing, definitely. Mandy, I want to just quickly also get to you on this issue about housing density, students. What's your vision for that? How do we how do we solve that? You know, oh, solving it. <laughs> that's that's a very a optimistic. And, and I'm right? giving you like a minute or um, two to do. Yeah, it. no. So I think we have to talk about a lot of different options and try a lot of different things. You know, a transfer fee to try and gain more money so that we can build more affordable housing. That's is that is that when a home that's, is sold? That's the yeah, that would be the home is sold, and we've been looking at that. We've we've got a home rule petition there, but we have to look at as Alicia said some of the how to build housing that students want and and focus that housing in specific areas and then also build housing that non-students want to live in. And that's where we need to diversify what types of housing we have available, not just single family homes and apartments. We need, you know, townhomes, we need duplexes, we need triplexes because, you know, to the question you asked Jamie, Mm -hmm. you know, how do we keep students? Well, they might not want to live in an apartment anymore, but they might not be ready for a single family home with all of the upkeep and all. And we don't really have many options beyond those two. And so we have to be trying many different avenues to to address the problem. That's perfect. Um, Matt, I'm going to give you the last word in this first segment here. Um, connect all of these issues. You talked about economic development. How does that connect to housing affordability and who gets to live in Amherst? I really appreciate that. And, and it comes back to me for this master plan. You know, the town has got a, a comprehensive master plan that was just reauthorized again in 2020. And the master plan speaks really explicitly to working our village centers um, a number of strategies for densifying, you know, densifying around the village centers, for recruiting the kinds of businesses and, and other services that the residents want. And so I think ultimately one of the things that we, that we really need to have happen in, here in Amherst is for densification, growth, and, and development to happen in, in conjunction with the neighborhoods and to do things that are welcomed by the neighborhoods and, and that are embraced by them. And, and that's, of course, that's not always possible, but I think, you know, that really has to be an area of focus for us. And, and the master plan sets out a lot of really great strategies for, for how to do that. And again, I think that economic development director position is, you know, would be somebody that, that we would want to ask to sort of implement some of these things, you know, outside of it, downtown as well, but, but particularly in the village centers. Yeah. Well, you talked about increasing voices. So I think that, you know, for you to, you know, encourage regional development in the town, you're going to have to engage the community, like you said earlier, and really begin that conversation. Um, There's been so many issues in Amherst. Uh, We've been talking about affordability and housing, but here's an issue that hits me personally, and I know residents are upset. So I moved back to Amherst in 2016. Uh, I was in my early 30s then, and I was driving around in Amherst. 
And the issue I've encountered is that the infrastructure of the town has deteriorated in the last six or seven years. It's gotten to the point where my car takes a beating on the roads. Some places don't have sidewalks. How does Amherst deal with, I guess, an infrastructure question? Because it seems like it has deteriorated significantly in these last six, seven years. Mandy, Joe, tell me, what is going on in Amherst in terms of infrastructure? What I've told people specifically with roads and sidewalks is that it's tough because we have a lot of roads. We get the same dollar amount that we've gotten from the state for 20 years, 800 and some thousand dollars. That's it. And it covers less than one mile of repaving a year. And so the council's been putting more and more money into it, but we need to find ways to rebuild some sidewalks and do all of that with less funds that go less far than they used to go. And I'm sad. I don't really have a solution. I know there are a couple other people that might have some better ideas than me, but we can just keep putting more money there. (laughs) Well, I've heard that the figure is that Amherst needs something like 30 million, maybe $40 million worth of road repairs. Well, here's a question for you, Andy Steinberg. Does the town have money to invest in roads? And You know, if it doesn't, then how do the other towns nearby get the uh, revenue and investments to make their roads better? Because it isn't just the bad winters that we're having. It seems like the road infrastructure in Amherst is, is really problematic. Yeah, it's a good question that you're asking. And we have, as Mandy indicated, uh, it has been a struggle in Amherst because uh, partly is the amount of money that we have, as noted earlier in the discussion, is limited. And we have competing claims on that money and needs for that money for um, operating budgets, including our schools, and as well as the municipal departments and library, and other decaying infrastructure that um, we have to address also. In doing all of that, we need to find creative means of solving the road problems because it, it we, ha- we continue to make investments in roads and we continue to put more money in it, and the problem just continues and it continues because uh, there's just such a great need that the roads are decaying faster than the replacement can take place. And some of the things that we need to do is to try and work with the legislature, which I do through some of the work that I might talk about later with the Massachusetts Municipal Association, to try and increase the amount of road money, which is done by a formula that does not work to our favor and has been, as Mandy indicated, the same amount for many years and throwing it all on the town. The other thing that we need to do is find ways to stretch the dollars farther, which is hard because the cost of constructing roads is actually increasing as we're trying to address the problem because asphalt is an oil-based product. And cost of asphalt is therefore increasing. The cost of construction is increasing. We're also competing with um, other communities. Let me me ask you a quick follow-up here. Um, Is there any discussion about increasing the annual, I think there's an excise tax for every resident who has a car. Is that in the works in order to increase the revenue in order to pay for better roads? We don't set the excise tax in locally. That is done as a state formula. Okay. 
the amount that we can tax on excise tax for cars depends upon value of the cars and it is a state mandated formula that uh, is not a local calculation. Oh, I didn't know that. State oh. calculation. Well, thank you for telling me that. I, I did not know that. I, I thought the town said that. that. That made a lot of sense to me. Okay. Well, I want to go to Alicia Walker, and I want to talk about this walkability has been discussed a lot in Northampton, but I know in Amherst as well. Is there a vision in your mind about making downtown more walkable so there could be maybe greater density in the future, but you could also walk to the places you want to get to? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that not just downtown, that that, that issue actually goes town-wide. Like we do not have never-ending sidewalks and there are some communities where you can't just walk down the street because there is no sidewalk. And I think that ties in very closely to what you were saying about the roads and our infrastructure and our upkeep. We have a lot of competing needs in our town and there are a lot of things that need to be done, but there are also a lot of things that need to be maintained. And so I do think we need to, you know, start looking at where and how we can reprioritize our current initiatives because roads and sidewalks are some of the most common concerns I've heard when talking to residents. And so I think one thing that we can do to look at addressing both roads and sidewalks, which do need to be, we need to expand our sidewalks, um, is looking at multi-year plans with mm. significant investment in our infrastructure and also a regular maintenance plan because as it currently is, we're waiting for people to be in complete despair to start addressing issues of infrastructure. Right. And I think that's that's wrong and that's why we are where we are. And so I just wanted to touch both on the, the roads and the sidewalk issue because in my mind, they go hand in hand, especially because again, a lot of college students, um, we have the PVTA, which runs townwide for free. And so we do have a lot of people that that don't commute. And when we're looking at dealing with climate action and how we can, you know, sort of roll back our carbon emissions and want people to be walking more and biking more, these are things that we need to address for the safety of our residents. Yeah, definitely. Matt, talk about economic development and walkability and infrastructure. What is it that you see in Amherst? Yeah, well, it's a big, complicated problem, and I appreciate you know exploring some of the some of the dimensions of it. I've been serving on the town finance committee as a resident member for about two and a half years, and and last year, I'm happy to say I, I think I sort of helped initiate a discussion around regionalizing some of this work relating to roads and sidewalks. You know, I think it's a, it's a challenging topic, of course, because you know you can pool your resources, but there's still only you pay so much per mile. But what I've learned about recently, and and I think we're having conversations, you know, both both in finance and sort of at large uh, among the town at large is that there are there are services out there that will collectively bid for for towns mm. and i think one thing that we run into when we when we talk to our dpw superintendent and other town staff is that you know it's not not only is the money hard to find but so is the labor and so is the asphalt and so you know making all that happen uh, effectively on a, on a contractor basis which is what we're basically committed to right now is is contracting out for the roads and the sidewalk work um, you know that that that's a multifaceted thing, and so actually there there is a, a Franklin County of government, which we're not in Franklin County, but we could bid into uh, pay into this. They actually have a subscription service that you know that does bidding and sort of helps negotiate some of these contracts for municipalities, and so that's one area that I've that I've helped explore you know through the finance committee and, and elsewhere. But I think you know there's there is the reality that everybody has touched on, which is this is expensive. You know this is expensive stuff, and and I think 
neighboring municipalities have shown more of a nimbleness to, to issue small small borrowings, you know, to accomplish some of their their roads goals, and and we've been reluctant to do so for good reason. We have a lot of borrowing um, that we're looking at right now, but our bond rating is really strong, and and I do think that you know if if the public conversation continues to escalate the way it has been, and and you know, we really want to prioritize this, we may have to look at doing some small bond issuance as well to, to address the roads and sidewalks. Well, I want to give this speech here on, on this segment to Jamie Daniels. I want you to also discuss what you think about infrastructure, walkability in Amherst. You know, if I'm not mistaken, this is the first time you're running for at-large here in Amherst. What does it mean to you? What's your vision for Amherst downtown in terms of walkability infrastructure? I mean, I've been on doors on a listening tour of Amherst, and people payers want good roads. They want decent sidewalks. Again, I think that this is a revenue issue, and I think that Amherst is unique. We're not Hadley. We don't have the tax base that Hadley has. And so if we're to take care of our roads and sidewalks, aside from I agree with having long-term maintenance plan, we really need to increase revenue. And I am committed to being on a hunt for dollars. I think that we should look to strengthen our strategic partnerships with local colleges and universities. I think that we should encourage regionalization strategies, right? This is really an effective way to partner and pool resources with surrounding towns. We have to look for support from the state and federal policy. We really have to contend with the reality of our limited capacity to solve this problem without state and national support. And we need to our elected officials really need to be lobbying the state for more money. We're set to receive a historic amount of federal funding from the Infrastructure Bill and the Inflation Reduction Act. This is more money than we'll ever see again in our lifetime. But most towns, Amherst included, we don't have the built infrastructure to receive those funds. So we really need to be thinking at that level and working at that level as well. I have the skills, experience, and energy to organize at this level. And, you know, I will encourage smart and sustainable economic development to try to increase revenue for our town. But again, I really do think that this comes down to a revenue issue and just simply not having enough money to do all the things that we need to do and to maintain our infrastructure. Okay. You're hearing from all of the at-large candidates in Amherst, Mandy Johanneke, Andy Steinberg, Alicia Walker, Matt Holloway, and Jamie Daniels, all here in Panorama. I want to touch on education in Amherst. We've had a lot of discussions in Amherst. Um, They've been very contentious, to say the least, about school committees. And I'm not asking uh, you or anybody to discuss the details of that, but talk to me about education funding. I know a lot of people in Amherst are teachers. They want to hear from the town council about how the town is going to to treat the schools, invest in the schools. And I was wondering if you could uh, discuss that. Yeah, I think this is also a slightly complicated issue, mostly because the budget that we give the schools is sort of set and what they do with the budget is up to the school committee. So although, you know, the council does determine the dollar amount that goes to the schools, the schools determine how they actually use that money. Um, And I do know that we have had times in the past, for example, this past budget cycle where the school committee did come to the council and ask for an increase in funding. Um, And I think specifically what they wanted to do was to keep library paras that were at risk of having to be cut because of the budget 
and how they have organized their budget. And they were asking for an additional 84K. I can't remember that exact number, so please don't quote me on that. But they asked for an additional amount of money to restore those positions. And the town council ultimately decided that we don't have capacity to do that. Um, although I did support that as a personal, like a personal decision on the council, I did vote yes to give them more funding, but overall it did not pass. I think again, it's because our budget is stretched very yeah. far thin. And so this is what I mean when I'm saying we need to go back to our budget and look at how we can reprioritize our current initiatives because we know that Amherst is a town that firmly believes in education. Mm -hmm. I mean, we we love our schools. We're dedicated to our students. We have all of the colleges and universities. And I think we really know how important education is. And there are lots of competing needs in the town. And so again, I, I fully believe and am committed to investing in our schools. I believe that supporting our youth is one of the most important things that we can be doing as a town to make sure that we have a sustainable future. But again, it's it's going to be all about our budget. So I want to ask uh, Matt Holloway a question. You talked earlier in this interview about economic development. What I'm hearing from, from Jamie and Alicia is that we need to raise revenue. And that ties into what you discussed earlier about economic development. If we don't have that, we're not generating new revenue, maybe a larger commercial base, larger residential base, to fund all of the things that Amherst espouses it believes in. So I want you to address this on education. You're going to have so many priorities. What would be your priority if, let's say, Amherst was able to generate new revenue? Where would Amherst make the best investments? I think there are so many competing interests in, in town, and you know we have such an ambitious capital slate that with some of these projects, such as the fire station and the DPW, those are those are two projects that we had hoped to, you know, fund those largely out of cash. We had a capital capital stabilization account that was set aside so that we could pay for all or most of those projects out of out of cash that had been accrued over time. So I do think that, you know, if we had extra extra revenue, those two projects are the ones that are in the most immediate immediate need of a cash infusion. But I, I want to talk about the school committee a little bit because, sure. you know, as, as Alicia said, I mean, the town charter only really lays out a couple of, of options for, I'm sorry, a couple of responsibilities for the town council when it comes to the school committee. And, you know, one of them is the bottom line budget. And, and, you know, finance committee does review the, the bottom line budget, We as does the town council. The council doesn't make, you know, line item decisions in terms of which which positions where. And, and so that's that's sort of, that is balancing out our, our books, which we have to do every year. You know, the other thing that the town council does is it sets the stipend amounts for um, school committee, library trustees, and itself. And I was uh, disappointed this year to see the town council doubled its own stipend um, and didn't touch the school committee stipend. And in, in finance committee, in fact, um, the motion was put forward to increase the school committee stipend and, and it was not even seconded. So we, we couldn't even have a public discussion about it. Um, and I realized that that's kind of a, that may be a symbolic thing and it's certainly not a large expenditure of revenue. But I think the town council needs to show that it is committed to supporting the schools in the ways that it can. And, and setting those stipend rates is one of the ways that it can do so. And so to double its own stipend, but to not touch the school committees, was was a mistake. I think there's many folks who are committed to increasing the school committee stipend, you know, within the budget cycle. But we had an opportunity to do it when the finance, when the town council stipend was done. And so yep. I think you know it's important for the town council to to find every way it can yep. to to support the schools. Appreciate that, Jamie Daniels. I want to give you a chance as well to talk about. Uh, you talked about revenue and most recently and the importance of that. If we don't raise that, there's not much we can do in terms of all the investments that are needed. We talked about infrastructure earlier, but education as well. And I want you to, to tell us, let's say Amherst did spur some additional revenue. Where do you think Amherst should invest its scarce resources? Um, so in an ideal world with lots of money, um, I think that we can all agree that we have to prioritize services, right? This is, this is the job of the council 
council. Taxpayers want and deserve roads and sidewalks. Um, but beyond that, we need to budget in a way that reflects our values. And in order to do that, we obviously need more money. We need to be on the hunt for more money and dollars. But we need to make sure that we are representing everyone. It can't be that there's a concentration of power and that a small group of people are making decisions from for everyone. Local politics is often skewed in terms of race and class. And I think that Amherst can do better. We really should be a model for a strong democracy. Representation matters, and we need to be applying an equity lens to all decision-making, most especially budget, the budget process. We need to ensure transparency in government. I think we need to be funding climate justice initiatives, racial justice, CREST. I fully support um, the recommendations made by the Reparations Committee. I believe in well-funded schools. I agree that the town council has very little oversight in terms of the school budget, but we really need to be on the hunt for more dollars for our schools. Okay. Well, thank you for that. Andy Steinberg, earlier you you said something that I didn't quite capture that we could change the formula with the state about how much revenue Amherst receives. So I'm going to give you a chance. What does that mean, Andy? It's going to take some work because those decisions are made by the legislature. That's one area that I've been working in quite a bit. I'm member of one of about 20 members of Fiscal Policy Committee of the Massachusetts Municipal Association, which rep- is represented by selected people from around the Commonwealth that try and develop a strat- strategy and an agreement for how cities and towns through their statewide organization are approaching the legislature. And it's an organization that has a lot of respect in the legislature and is our best opportunity for getting change so that what I am able to do, um, because I have been chosen to be on that committee, is to use my my position to talk about what is unique about Amherst and why there needs to be a change in formula for some of these things that came up in the question of roads. It also comes up in the question of schools because there has to be a balance between how the state supports districts that have historically had low funding, Springfield and Holyoke, for example, and how increases are parsed out to the state funding portion of communities like Northampton and Amherst. And one of the issues that has been very important in the legislature is that balance and put my advocating for a formula that um, recognizes that the, the complicated demographic. Yeah, the demographic of Amherst is also a complicated thing, given how many students are there, and then that you know skews a lot of the income and variables. Well, I want to give the last talk here to Mandy Johanneke. What your vision is for education, revenue, DPW, Cress? You get you get a free one here. You don't have to do them all, but what do you find to be the most important investments if Amherst had the additional uh, revenues to make? There's so many, right? And and frankly, we get requested for new investments every year. Every year I've been on the council, we've been asked to add positions, either an economic development director, a DEI director, the whole Crest department, more sustainability folks for climate action and all. And we can't do it all. You know, we, right. as Alicia said, more money for the schools. And so where would we start? I actually don't know. I'd probably ask the people and, and try and hold some public forums as to what's most important for them because we can't ignore well, climate action. 
Well, too. Well, qu- quick, a quick yeah. follow-up for you there. Well, you're going to hear a lot of competing voices. And Amherst, who agrees with anyone? So how do you make that decision when you're going to hear some people say it's got to be climate change? Other people going to say crass in government. Well, where, do you, where do you go with that? You know, one of my first thoughts is what are the essential services? And, and start with where do we say is essential versus, you know, in terms of what does a municipal government have to provide. As someone in a recent committee meeting said, if we don't have water, you know, water supply is, that's kind of essential, right? And so start with, and then start coming down and saying, okay, have we funded them properly? And then move on to sort of, I don't want to say non-essential because everything we're doing is important, but look at that, look at where our population are, look at where we might be not as equitable for certain services and, and go from there and say, now maybe we need more climate action, but in 10 years, maybe we're going to need somewhere else. Or maybe we need a lot of senior services now right. or youth services and, and every year have to look again at starting, starting from scratch with, and saying what? which one is sort of higher on that scale now. Well, on top of everything everybody's been saying, um, I know there's a lot of talk about a new DPW building, a new fire fire department building. Uh, there's just And then there's a senior center in conversation. Given all that in a complicated conversation without the additional revenue piece, uh, I don't think anything's sustainable unless, you, unless Amherst takes out a bunch of debt and then the bond ratings go up and then you're paying more for, for the loans you're getting. Yeah. So it's going to be a challenging time. We can say that. Okay, Matt, tell me why you're running. Yeah, thanks, Dan. My name is Matt Holloway. I'm running for uh, town council at large. My wife and I made the decision to move to Amherst about 2018, and we were inspired by the town. We were inspired by a vision of a town that was committed to agriculture and and books and equity and just a really inspirational vision for the town and served on the uh, cultural council. I've served on the finance committee, lead the get out the vote campaign for this new elementary school, which we haven't even talked about today, Dan, but um, we have a 600 student elementary school that's going to break ground in the spring. I'm a first time homeowner. You, you know, I'm, I'm a special education director in, in Templeton, Mass, and, and I have a long background. My entire career has been dedicated to working with kids with disabilities. And, and I think the thing that really compelled me to maybe want to run was one day in finance, when I had just joined the finance committee and I came home and I had a picture of brand new fire truck. We just appropriated funds for a new fire truck. And, you know, I was able to bring home pictures of that, of that model and show it to my, um, at the time, two year and I said, hey, you know, guess what we got to do today? And, and looking at his eyes and, and just realizing that, you know, this is something that, that we're all part of. I encourage anybody out there who hasn't tried something like that to just, to just uh, fill out give that it a try. It just takes a second. Yes. Well, okay. So let me go to Jamie Daniels here. Jamie, everybody has a finite amount of time and uh, you sure. could be doing a 20 different things. Why are you running <laughs> to be the at-large candidate for Amherst? Oh, well, thank you again, Dan. And thank you to the listeners. I am, well, first and foremost, I'm a social worker and I've dedicated my life to working in the service of others. So especially especially the most vulnerable among us. I'm running because I have a long-standing interest in shaping and advancing policy that's good for everyone. I'm running because I believe that fair representation is essential to a strong and stable democracy. I really believe that women like me should have a seat at the table, and so should the communities of which I've been a part of here in Amherst. I'm running to ensure that an equity lens is applied to all aspects of governance. And I'm running because I think I can be of service in some of the challenges that our town faces, especially the political polarization, which I think hinders our progress and really prevents us from finding common ground. I am a native to Amherst. I've attended our Amherst public schools. I'm a renter here. I've been a renter in Amherst for nearly 30 years. I'm a mom of three kids who I've raised here and who attended our public schools. I hold a PhD in social work from Smith College where I teach. And I'm a lifelong activist. And I really think I have a lot to offer to our town and 
my historical knowledge of Amherst. Okay. Well, thank you for that. Andy, I, I know you've been in Amherst politics a long time. Tell us, why are you running to be the at-large candidate? I came to Amherst in 1980 when I was hired to be the executive director of Western Massachusetts Legal Services, which is now part of Community Legal Aid, four-county program providing legal aid in civil cases for low-income, elderly, and disabled people in the four Western counties at the time. I got involved in town government by running for what was then the representative town meeting. That was 27 years ago. And I have sort of progressed through the finance committee that was a part of town meeting, chaired the finance committee. I ran for the select board. I served on the select board for two terms since I have been on the council. I've accumulated a tremendous amount of experience, particularly in the areas of finance. In my work at Legal Aid, I did a lot of uh, lobbying as executive director. I feel like uh, we're in a very precarious time in Amherst for all of the reasons we've talked about today. And I think that my experience is something that I can offer for an additional two years if the voters choose to return me to office for one additional term. And Okay, same question for you, Mandy Johanneke. Tell us, why are you running? For one, re-election. Yeah, yeah. One one of the most basic answers is because I've enjoyed my five years on the council. You've enjoyed it? <laughs> yes. Really? That's, that's one of the most basic okay. answers, right? I've enjoyed the time. I've enjoyed listening to others, hearing their concerns. See, seeing what their concerns are and where their problems are and finding solutions to that and proposing the solutions, the legislative part, the writing of bylaws and regulations and policies, I've enjoyed more than I ever thought I could. So so that's the simplest answer is I've enjoyed it and I feel like I have more to offer the town. You know, my background, you know, everyone said some stuff, right? So mm-hmm. so I've been here 10 years, a little over 10 years. I, a newcomer, really, uh, now. Just really, <laughs> in, a sense, in a sense, a lot of people think I'm still a newcomer, although Matt's even newer. In that time, I spent much of my time renting in a downtown location until I was able to also buy with my family our first home ever. Mm. You know, I've spent time throughout the country in many different college towns, Mm. um, which I think has given me a broad view of how different towns and cities deal with the issues that college towns have. And, and so as part of some of that background, that that's what I also bring to being a counselor is Mm. having lived in you know the mid-atlantic new england Mm -hmm. the midwest Mm. the mountain west um all over the country okay thank you for that uh alicia walker tell us a little bit about your story and why you're running um yeah so i am a lifelong amherst resident i attended the elementary schools middle school high school and umass i'm 30 years old and i'm a single parent i have three beautiful kids who i get to raise in my hometown i work as a legal program manager at a downtown law firm i am the assistant director of a local nonprofit that focuses on job readiness for youth i currently am an at-large counselor a member of the elementary school building committee and the town's finance committee and the former co-chair of the community safety working group which is the committee where the recommendations for the creation of crest and the dei department came from i'm running for council because the the driving force behind my candidacy is representation and i believe that our government should mirror the diversity and complexity of the community it serves and i bring a unique perspective perspective to the table having experienced the different phases of life in amherst from being a youth a college student now an adult raising a family and being a renter during the housing crisis and what i noticed when i was 
on the community safety working group is that people like me with my experiences were not represented at the council level. And I believe that to have a very successful council, we need to have a diversity. We need to have different experiences and different voices at the decision-making table, not just at public comment. Um, I've grown a great deal and learned so much during my first term. And I've initiated a bunch of projects at the council level that I'm eager to see through to fruition. So I am running again because I believe that I have learned a lot and I have a lot more to offer. Okay. So really appreciate everybody coming on today. Matt Holloway, Jamie Daniels, Andy Steinberg, Manny Johanneke, Alicia Walker. Thank you all for coming on today for Panorama. I have been your host, Dan Torres, here until next week. <laughs>